The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. You came. Stay for the funeral. Of course. What happened at the party, James? He was out of his mind. You left. You told me to get the hell out of here. You're so stupid. Stop calling me stupid. I'm not bloody stupid. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. And this is, if this sounds odd... It's, it is. It is. <laughs> it is odd. <laughs> we are huddled around a microphone recording in person on one microphone. For the first time. For the first time ever. Well, not the first time ever, but the first time this podcast <laughs> yes, ever. Right. Fair enough. The first time for this podcast. Yes. We have been huddled around a mic before <laughs> and it has met with middling results. So <laughs> it never goes well. So it never goes well. Fingers crossed. And uh, we're here today talking about a movie by a fearless woman that we both know. Yes. Hope Dixon Leach, the writer and director of this movie, The Leveling, is a friend of mine from film school. And uh, Island knows her well. At least we worked on movies together. We you did. On, you worked on movies I with her. I crewed for her. Yeah. And with her on my movies, too, as I recall. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, a while back, but I'd still call her a friend. <laughs> yeah. Good. I wish she's a friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> and in fact, in a, sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a, a show where we get to talk to her about this movie and about being a director. So uh, stay tuned for that. Now we do our two bits. Oh, it is very odd that I'm I feel like I am looking over Tobin's shoulders at his notes in class, which I kind of am. But usually I have my own computer with my own notes. Tobin. Yes. Will you give us two bits of history about this film? I would love to. So the first bit is that there are elements of this story, this script that Hope wrote, that trace their way back to classes I had with her in film school. It's like like the DNA is there. So it's really neat for me to see how this story has evolved over time, or or not even the story, because the story itself is different from, from what... Uh, she had in now 10 years ago or however long it was. Um, and that's something that I guess, so I guess it's less of a bit, except that this has been, has been something that she's in one way or another been working on for a long time. And so I'm excited to hear her talk about that when we do get to talk to her about sort of the evolution of the story. The other bit is that um, while in film school, this relates to us, Aislinn, Excellent. is that Hope uh, spent a little time uh, on the movie Palindromes, directed by Todd Solondz, as his assistant. And you and I have an affection for an early Todd Solondz movie called Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy, Happy anniversary, anniversary to, to you. you. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. So so hope worked for for Todd Solondz for a little while there, and um, uh, yeah. That, those those are my two bits. No one knows much about this movie, and more about uh, more about hope and us really. It's probably good that you did not work on a Todd Solondz movie because you would likely be have been humming that or whistling that <laughs> yes. inadvertently. Yeah. Pretty often. Yes, and I don't know that that 
that that would fit with that movie with palindromes very well. But um, anyway, so yeah, Eisen, why don't you tell us about the the ladies in charge here? Now uh, we don't since we're recording remotely. I don't have the ding. I'm mm-hmm. gonna put the ding in later. So okay. there will be a ding. We'll just pause for the ding. Okay, okay, I will pause for the ding. All right, who we got? Well, as we've mentioned, writer director Hope Dixon Leach, lead role played by Ellie Kendrick. Producers Rachel Roby and Anna Griffin. And director of photography, Nanu Siegel. Yay! Hey. Yeah, good. Very good. Tobin, for those... <laughs> <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> uh, for those who have not yet um, seen this film, and I hope that uh, hope. I hope that happens all the time. It is so hard to write hope emails without using the word hope. Like, as we're saying, you know, I hope you're doing well. I can't say that because I, you know. I bet it sounds different to her. I have, you know a, what I mean? We'll have to ask her about this too, but I have a vague memory of her um, objecting to it back when we were in film school. Oh, okay. So that's why it's always sort of stuck in my mind that I, I try not to use the word hope with hope. So, anyway, <clears throat> as you as you were. I was going to say, for those uh, who have not yet watched this film, and I would encourage everybody to, it, we'll talk about it in a, in a second, um, but in case you haven't gotten there yet, or it's been a long time, Tobin, would you just give us a very brief rundown? Yes, this is the ru- this is the rundown from the uh, Amazon streaming, uh, this, is, this is their, their synopsis. Trainee veterinarian Clover Catto, Game of Thrones' Ellie Kendrick, returns to her family farm in Somerset, England. It's not a joyous arrival. Her brother Harry has apparently committed suicide. Finding her home in a state of disrepair, Clover must confront her father Aubrey about the farm, the livestock, and the details surrounding Harry's death. So that's the... That's the movie. It's a real feel-good romp. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now, I am not well-versed in Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. and we can get into why at another time. Indeed. But um, could you just give me a an area or a, or a a anchor character that this person interacted with, or just some how how was this person involved in Game of Thrones? She played a character whose name I do not remember, and that character and her brother in the show um, spirited Bran uh, uh, away from uh, to to go become the tree. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Not involved in in sort of d- deep politics. No. Nope. 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 Sort of a side, sort of mythical, mythical great. kind of tangent thing. Yeah. That would that would be great. I I loved her. She's so good, isn't she? She's so good, and the whole I mean, the whole thing has a very the whole film. There's an austere mm. tone and quality to it, and she just I think fit right in, and then also fueled that. Like mm-hmm. I. I we will find out more about their interaction and collaboration and that, but it just felt like she fit so beautifully in that world, and um, and I just she was just heartbreaking at every turn. 
as good and as good as she was in Game of Thrones, to see her given a part as juicy as this, as meaty as this, was really fun to see because you know you see somebody on a TV show and they come in to play their three scenes each episode, and you see kind of a, a sliver of what they can do. And to be given writing like this, uh, I the way she hovers on the edge of tears mm-hmm. for so much of the movie. Is, yeah, the jaw. She's got that jaw. Crying jaw. Yeah, yeah. I would prefer we say um, instead of a meaty roll, a tofui roll. Tofui roll, yes, of course. Yes. She is a vegetarian. Right. And I do connect with her on that level. Fair enough. Yes. Good, a good tofui roll. Um, now, I watched you watch this movie. <laughs> and can I say, not the first time that has happened. <laughs> um, I have had folks pay theater prices. Uh huh. To take me to a film to watch me watch the film. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, how did you enjoy that experience? Well, because you, how much did you know about? I enjoyed the experience a lot. Good. Uh, how much did you know about the movie going in? Very little. I knew the paragraph, uh, Tobin, that you just read to us yeah. out loud. Uh huh. Um, I knew that uh, it was hope, and so it was going to be fearless and real. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, and that was it. I, uh, but oh my goodness, animals, brothers, death. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, and I'm yeah. not, that's not a um, criticism. No. It's just a, a a true fact. Yeah. Um, I did write in my notes, mm-hmm. and then um, we we are here on a, a family vacation, so there were people milling about. So a couple times we we had to pause partway through. Um, so at one of those pauses, I did take the opportunity to show to him in my notes in which it says, if this dog dies, <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> yes. And again, not because the dog died per se, uh-huh. but because I had not been warned. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and as I and it was so, so funny when I came past you that time and saw the look on your face, I thought, oh, I've got to tell her about the animals that do die <laughs> because I because I know that that's going to throw her if 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 it comes sort of out of the blue. So so exactly. And then and then yeah, uh, uh, it, not the dog, not the dog. The dog survives. So Spoiler alert: you, dog, dog dog lovers. Survives. Uh, you, can, you can an acute dog. Amazing dog. I want yeah. to talk more about the dog we, with Hope. We're going to have to talk to Hope about All the, dog. the animals I want yeah. to talk about. Um, because I do, I have developed in my time in rural Oregon, I have developed um, an affection for large animal sanctuaries as well. Huh, uh-huh. So, I man, next time, Hope, that you do a film with large animals... <laughs> Call call a sister up. I would love I would love to be a PA for a cow. That's all I'd say. Um, go ahead. One of the things I love about this movie is the stillness. There's a lot of and and, and silence. There are a lot of moments that that happen without dialogue. It's a big section in the middle of the movie that that has no words, where you see Clover as she's returning to this farm and kind of finding her way back into this life that she had run away from and um, uh, all through the movie these moments where where the the, the movie's not afraid to, to slow down and I don't mean that it's a slow movie I mean it's a I thought I, I find it a brisk 83 minutes I mean it moves you know quite nicely but that there is a that there is a, a stillness to this place um, that I think is really effective in in this movie did, did you notice that yes I particularly with the silence, as you said, but then also the choices um, in terms of where to score it and mm, where not to. Mm-hmm. That that again, I would the word austerity comes to mind. That there, it's just sparse, mm-hmm. uh, which adds 
for me to a the heaviness mm-hmm. and again not a criticism i feel like i'm using words that have connotations yeah but, no but you know it's um when we meet clover i want to call her clove for a second but that's that's kind of games um i feel like she's a oh sort of a rock falling mm-hmm. and and maybe there's a soft landing at the bottom but there's we're just kind of deeper in and harder to breathe and there, there's just a and 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 I, she's trying to figure out what really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we're getting ahead, but you said that you know a life she ran away from. I interpret it as a life she's was chased away from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think she cut and ran. Mm-hmm. I think she was pushed out. Yeah. Even if it was inadvertently, or even if she had some part in, like if if it's, I think there is some ambiguity as to why exactly she left. I think she's felt it's for one reason and mm-hmm. Aubrey feels it's for another reason and maybe Harry felt it was for a third sure. reason. Absolutely. And and so, you know, one one person's pushed as another person's run and mm-hmm. um, you know, the one of the things that I think is has always been true about Hope's work is that it's um, she's not afraid to not give a clear answer about motivation in a way that you know, the, the, that doesn't feel like it's a cop out. Sometimes people can do that. They'll, they'll, they'll not answer a question uh, to make themselves feel smart compared to the audience, right? By, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm just not going to tell you because it's up to you. I get this excuse a lot from students who are, <laughs> who are working on things and haven't thought things through. I think this is all thought, deeply thought through. This story is and these characters are uh, that the hopes created. But it, but there are times when motivation is something. The, the 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 movie seems to be saying that we can't always get at motivation. We can't always get to the the maybe maybe the full truth of of emotional truth of motivation. It's just messy. It's all messy, mm-hmm. which is I think kind of part of its power. And I felt like it was giving us the space to find either identify with them or find sympathy or empathy for them um, in that filling in those little. You know, pieces like you say are well thought through, but um, but it gave me room to. I'm gonna say pick a side, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. or switch sides or whatever, and 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 you know, on my side, she was pushed away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I've seen some interviews with with Hope and read them where she's talked about when she you know was first working on the story she identified and empathized very naturally with clover and then as especially as she became a parent uh and was sort of working deeper into the story she was had to sort of tackle aubrey in a more empathetic way the father figure and he is a this is a tough character i i and i mean in all kinds of ways a tough character to write tough character to play <laughs> tough character to live with i'm sure you know in the world of the story and i think that um it's it's you're uh, right on the money that the movie also seems to shift its sort of mm-hmm. allegiances, not quite the right word, but um, leans into point of view in, in interesting ways. While keeping with Clover, she learns more about what may or may not have gone on in her when she was there as well as when she wasn't there. Right. I feel like I it uh, allowed me to feel her conflict. Of, mm. Oh, wait, should I have been or what? Mm-hmm. Who is in? And I, I mentioned to um, my co-watcher um Chelsea, at one point, it was just so clear that they were related and had a long story. Because even yeah. though they were mad, they were yelling at each other and that, she would heat up lunch. Right, or right. Or he went upstairs to look for something and she followed him. And it right. just seemed so, that kind of familial, what's happening right now is a small part of a larger 
story without mm-hmm. them saying, well, we've been through a lot. We don't <laughs> understand each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Aubrey, though, I want to also shout out that he did an amazing yeah, job. I, yeah. I wonder, and I'll ask Hope if she went in and said, I want the most quintessentially British <laughs> old man I can find. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and it reminded me, uh, too, off topic as I get, when they were... Um, in interviews about the uh, making of one of my favorite projects, Veronica Mars. Oh, uh, yes, yes. That uh, that Rob Thomas, not Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas, was saying um, some of the parts were easier to cast than others. And, and, and that, you know, finding a, an 18-year-old looking, you know, little blonde girl, they had hundreds and hundreds come in, mm-hmm. and some were great and some were not. But for, like, the older kind of heavier dude parts... Should we say that the the flock has been thinned at yeah. that point? Yeah. And so I, there was a lot, you know, there was a lot mm. of quality they had right. to chew on. And I and so I wonder how many really good Aubrey's she saw. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet there were because it is a great role for him, too. And one that um, I could I would assume that both Hope and the actor took very seriously mm-hmm. in terms of making him dimensional enough not to just be written off. Mm-hmm. Um, although. You know, still not a fan, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. I digress. Yeah, no. What's neat too is that the she um, infuses the farm or shoots the farm in a way that it mirrors his. It mirrors well, maybe both of them actually. Maybe a, metaf- a visual metaphor for both Clover and Aubrey. But I think of it as as Aubrey, where on the outside it feels like. You know, you get there and there's the big house and it's it's kind of muddy and it's rainy and it's gray and they have to wear these these big boots because the mud yeah. is the wellies because the boots are the, the mud is so thick and but he's living in this tiny trailer off away from the house and this terrible thing has happened in the house that he's not dealing with which is his son's uh, he calls it an accident and everybody else is calling it a suicide that there that there are things he's not dealing with as the place kind of falls apart around him whereas he's trying to put on this exterior because he'll have moments of being very jovial with other characters or kind of being funnier than, and then very dark you know he sort of moves back and forth shifts moods in kind of interesting ways in ways that seem to, to be reflected in the space around him it's an excellent observation, Tony. No, oh, thank you. As I was watching this, I was reminded a few times of Winter's Bone. Oh, interesting. I feel like it's in in, in tone. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't sure. That's what I like I the wanted. tone of tone, tone there. Also, I just kept. Uh, her responsibility mm. for all of that. I mm. mean, almost to the point of, I feel like it, she was responsible for the flood. She mm-hmm. wasn't, but mm-hmm. it just all is coming back on her in a way that I felt a little bit similar to um, the Jennifer Lawrence character. And while the quest is different, I think Clover's quest was to find, figure out what happened, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. that's something that can be done mm-hmm. and there is clear truth to or not that was her so she didn't have to go far and wide in the same way it takes place all on these grounds but um it felt it felt like those two characters were had some parallels and and i appreciated the in a similar way that i appreciated the you know rural america Mm -hmm. if you will Mm -hmm. rural united states is what i want to say um and that those stories are not as often told or told with 
complexity. Mm -hmm. I wondered how that, if that was a motivation here mm. too, that there are very specific things about um, the aftermath of the flooding mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. badgers, mm -hmm. something yeah, badgers. I don't know yeah. about. Yeah. And it's illegal to shoot badgers. Right. But yeah. the badgers can give the cows the TB. Oh, is that what happens? Is I, that why they're shooting the badgers? That's why I believe they shot the badgers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking it was some kind of arcane laws about animal protection and no guns and oh, all that. Oh, look. Like, I thought no. it was like, no, I, you're, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. I, we could look it up. We'll, we'll, we'll have a researcher well, we, yeah. check that out before we post this. But so there were um, just elements that felt felt Winter's Boney to me in, in, a, in a way that I, while the other film was more familiar in those landscapes and mm -hmm. things. I wonder, you know, for people who were, you know, our city folk that, oh, that's a whole new world for them. Was it like this? Because mm. this was a bit, a bit of a, a new world for me. Um, I think of more often um, countryside stories that I've seen are period pieces. So I love that it's mm. contemporary, mm -hmm. but rural. And, and how does that all work? Because it's contemporary, but the, Guns are old. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, everything right. is right. is old. Right. Um. So yeah, I yeah. So but badgers. Yeah. No, and I, I think I hadn't connected to it to Winter's Bone, but you're so right. In addition to the that, to also the way it looks, the, mm -hmm. both movies are gorgeous movies, but very gray. And uh, the, your word austere comes to mind again, and very um, uh, not gl gloomy is not quite. Again, I don't want to make the movie sound not like not good. Because I think it's very it's high good. quality, very gloom. very good. But it's yeah, it's high quality gloom. Uh, it's it's a, look. This is a it's a dark story with it's a, a you know dark material, and I think that it's um but but captured beautifully, uh and and I think that there's a, and also the way um you know Hope is very interested. In, it seems like in this movie with um with a kind of dramatic realism, uh, you know, it's not just pure fly on the wall, you know, we're just sort of hovering there, hovering there as the movie is taking place. Like things will happen in the, with it, within the filmmaking itself that sort of break from uh, a strict documentary, documentary style realism in ways that are, feel very elegant that, that um, in the same way that happens in winter's bone where they'll, they'll, the, the thing we talked about with the cows uh, actually in the, at the auction in winter's bone or with the, you know, the squirrels and the, where she's having her sort of fever dream in that movie after she's had the, the pills that there's a, there's a, there's some similar qualities uh, in in this movie and in a way that seems to capture both the sort of physical reality of living in this place and the kind of grit and mud and grime of, of the day-to-day -day living as well as the sort of psychological dimension which, you know, you have to capture in ways that aren't as literal. Well said. <laughs> so a couple of those non-strictly follow-the-narrative moments yeah. are recurring visions mm -hmm. of rabbits mm -hmm. in water. Mm -hmm. Now, I was watching it with another animal lover who we were trying to figure out if it was a rabbit at first or if it wasn't right. because we've not seen rabbits underwater. Right, right. So that's a thing. And I want to talk about the rabbits. Okay. But then the other part, just because you mentioned it, um, that I loved and was... It's hard to pick the saddest moment, right? What is the saddest moment? <laughs> yes. But uh, when... You follow Clover walking through an orchard and she picks the apple and she's going toward these two horses. Mm -hmm. And 
and I, you know, I thought to myself, oh, damn, this isn't real. Right. And then it sort of circles back to her in this cold, mm-hmm. gloomy place. And so what, you know, whether that is a dream dream mm-hmm. or that is something a way it used to be. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. clear if that mm-hmm. was a right. vision of the past right. or a vision of an imagined future or the daydreamings of a assistant veterinarian mm-hmm. or like, but it was just beautiful and just as a demonstration of what, what might be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but what is not. Mm-hmm. And, you but without any words, yeah. it yeah. wasn't a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a fantasy, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, oh, it was just, it just hurt. Yeah. Did you want to say something else about the rabbits? You put a pin in the rabbits. I just didn't want to, you know, blow over the rabbits. I didn't know. Tobin, what are your, what are your thoughts on the rabbits? I, the, I guess sort of to echo what you're saying, I had the same experience of not knowing what it was at first. And, and, um, I, I also began to wonder how they got those shots because you're under, like you're, you, we are under murky water watching rabbits and it connects to the flood in some way. It feels like narratively, but it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a, Again, this isn't realism. This is this is something much more elegant. And it, I am I'm so curious to talk to Hope about this because it it is not an image. Sometimes movies will have those sorts of images and will then explain them. Mm-hmm. Will then you will see you know so, something happen. It connects directly to the plot. And this never does. This remains a sort of visual motif as opposed to something narrative. And uh, she did say in one interview I was reading, uh, she talked about wanting to make sure that the movie didn't feel like television, that often drama, Mm. uh, the the danger of sort of straight drama on film is that it can feel like television. And so how do you use your filmmaking tools in order to sort of distinguish, to make it cinematic and not just, and, and that, that, that felt like that to me, that felt like a choice that is, that is motivated in part by how do we get sort of under the skin of this story in a way that, that is maybe a little bit more tactile, a little more, more visually and psychologically interesting. But I'm, but I'm so, I'm curious what her, where it came from from her and yeah. how she executed it. Um, so again, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We yeah. will talk to Hope. We will uncover the mysteries of the rabbits. <laughs> this, Lenny over here is going to ask her about the rabbits. This is like a, this was a, this episode is a big tease for that episode mm-hmm. with uh, with Hope. Really, yes. Really, it's just a long preamble. <laughs> it also gives everybody time to, to watch this movie. Um, oh, can I circle back to the score? You mentioned the score. Yes. The other thing I like about the score, in addition to the, the as you said, the place it's, places it's used, is it's there it's odd it's tonally odd it's not very often it's not what you expect i love it when a score does that um when a when a score uses either instrumentation or um uh or melodies or things that are that that are a little dissonant to the images that we're seeing and um there's again that section in the middle of the movie that uh starts as she's cleaning the bathroom when she goes in to the clean the bathroom where her brother had had died um and this is a that there's a, a very unusual music cue that starts there that I think is um, uh, again get it, it elevates it beyond uh, a sort of as maybe she would say in that interview as a television piece or or a sort of um, just looking at what happened that that take it takes it to that psychological dimension but that I think the score is is remarkable in this movie yeah I, I agree I think it added to the discomfort mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that. I felt as a watcher again, not a criticism, mm-hmm. no. um, but uh, but also of Clover in this place. It's yeah. not nothing about this is comfortable. Nothing about this uh-huh. is going home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels like that was home. a chair. 
as a chair. Yep, wise chair. Sorry, go ahead. No, you were saying, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Um, you know, you could imagine going home for a tragedy and there being comfort and warmth and, and you know, hugs and, and nostalgia mm-hmm. and just right. none of that. They got to milk the cows. They're living in the trailer. <laughs> the house is a mess on all different levels, yeah, right? Yeah, There's, yeah. Mm. of course, the, the you know, um, a scene of the suicide, but also the house has been a mess since the flood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are, you know, upended and in wrong places. And then later she uh, explores further in the house and finds um, gasoline cans, mm-hmm. um, evidence of a, a another a different plan, a different plot. And so just there's n- there's nothing comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the cows and the and the mud that there's several just heartbreaking moments mm-hmm. That are so small mm-hmm. and and beautiful, yeah. but heartbreaking. And and one big one for me was she needs to go help milk the cows. She didn't bring her boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she has to put on his boots. Yeah. And it's just her brother's boots. Her brother's boots. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Um. And then and I felt like okay, that was very hard. She had to put it on, and then she put on the coat. With mm-hmm. more, you know, then it was mm-hmm. resigned and okay. And, and so she puts on the, you know, the whole, the whole thing in there. Uh, a few moments like that where she is handed things or has to take, you know, take on things that were his mm-hmm. that are just so, so sad. It's mm-hmm. so sad. It's yeah. a sad movie. It is a sad it's movie. It's a good movie, but it's a sad movie. It's a movie about grief and it's a movie that takes grief seriously and that you know is 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 uh, makes grief up. She has talked in other interviews because she's and this is not the first movie she's made about grief. She's made some shorts about grief as well and talk about how in a short you can have a grief grief can be a static thing, and in a in a feature film it's hard for grief to be static. Grief mm-hmm. has to sort of move more move into something else or move through just move through some phases, um, and that's painful. It's painful, and and part of it is because the filmmaking is so is so good and the story and the script is so strong and that central performance she's taking you with her through all these different phases we talk about the different times that she's almost crying or hovering on the edge of tears or actually crying and they all feel a little bit different they don't feel like the same kinds of tears each time it feels like she's moving through at, at different stages as she's as you say she's put on these boots or she's having to clean up the uh, his blood or she's discovering things about him and then we'll go into move into anger in some ways like and it's not it's not as clean as the sort of the the stages of grief you know like she it's 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 much messier in the way that uh, feels like real grief is and that's a hard thing to capture and hard thing to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a, (laughs) we're on a run of some movies that are not, not necessarily easy, easy watches here. Well, Ocean's 8. Oh, that's true. I well, got I through pretty. That's true. Pretty <laughs> yes. effectively. Oh my gosh, I forgot that that movie evaporates in a way that this movie doesn't. I think. Yeah, that's uh, a good way to think of it. Which is, yeah, I don't think it has to do necessarily with it being light as much as it with with the sort of, um, yeah, because uh, light light movies can stick with you too. But that one has evaporated. It has, for me. An, eff- it has an effervescence <laughs> that the leveling was not going for. Yes, yes, yes. But exactly. That. Yeah. Other aspects of this performance yes. lead us to let us talk about gender in this movie. Excellent. And how many people I wanted to punch in the face. <laughs> yes, okay. As um was one of them me for making you watch No, this movie? <laughs> uh, not this one. Um but this is my opportunity because we're in the same room. Yes, yes. I think as um a professional woman, 
if you will. Yes. And as a sister, and in particular, a little sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, many moments in this when she is not either not taken seriously or not given um, credit for her expertise, or so it seems. Uh, mm. um, so, you know, the in the first milking cow scene, the Aubrey is constantly picking at how she's doing it or do this, do that. And it's something that I felt clearly she had done thousands of times right. at home. Right. And now does or has these skills professionally. <laughs> right. Yes. But you get home yes. and you revert to what the, your patterns and expectations. And, and I don't know enough to know, was she doing it well or not? You know, in that moment, did right. she need assistance mm-hmm. or was he just... Right. That way, right. um, several times she's out of a conversation or taken out of a conversation. You know, later in the film, someone says, "Who's in charge here?" Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're, right. you know, uh, <laughs> just there's a lot uh, of times that she's not given I, that I was screaming for her, but but she knows these things. This is this is hers too, and yeah. just because she wasn't, she did not inherit the farm. Yeah. To me, doesn't mean it's not in her blood and right. in her soul. And it's not, you know, cause clearly she knows these things and, and, and has, has done them so many times. Yeah. And in about, I, I think about the middle, she's having a conversation with Aubrey about selling the herd and she's asking questions and, and he says, don't be stupid. And she, at that point stops him. is like, yeah. stop calling me yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I have this degree and that degree and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm not, <laughs> not stupid. stupid. Yeah. And I was so glad for that. I was, yeah, there were a couple moments I was just so glad for the way that that she was written and the way she carried it off, mm-hmm. and that was one of them mm-hmm. of just like, no, st- like stop it. That's that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, but that kind of didn't help because it was in the middle, and then it kept mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. until we get to a point where Aubrey says she was a born farmer. Right. Right. And so then, to me, it kind of comes flipped it back around to. This is all more about not her s- skills or her knowledge, but about the dynamics between, mm-hmm. I would say, the four of them, mm-hmm. the mother we've never met, right. Mary we've never met, mm-hmm. and and um, the surviving two, mm-hmm. um, but gender. Yeah. And, and the, the, the remarkable to make this movie, in the end, not about... As much as it is about what happened to the brother, what did he kill himself? Why did he kill himself? What happened in their past to send her away? What happened with the farm and the cows and the TB and the, all those sort of mysteries that are sort of floating around the movie? It, the movie ends up being about her and her choices in the past and her choices moving forward. And that's a hard thing to do as opposed to just wrapping up a mystery. You know, mm-hmm. you, you could wrap up a mystery much more easily. But to get to this kind of thorny place at the end where she feels some culpability to the both, I think it feels like to me, the farm and to Harry's death in some kind of way that maybe she shouldn't, that maybe isn't fair, but that she... It has she sort of accepts that at some point that in 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 this way and that and that their you know her relationship with Aubrey feels to me like it's never going to be much different than this it mm-hmm. feels like it's that they're gonna maybe the more she stands up for herself it like and and, and goes face to face as opposed to sort of 
um, being chased away, that that they'll come to some kind of you know we do learn over the course of the movie that he cares much more for her and thinks much more highly of her than he ever says to her face. Mm-hmm. We learn from the that's the neighbor woman I think, yeah, Helen. who says that oh he told me to call you. She thought that um, Clover thought that the neighbor woman called her to let her know that the that that um, Harry had died, but instead it was that that. Aubrey had wanted her to call, and but he couldn't bring himself to do it himself. Um, uh, and you know what a um, what a tough like what a asshole. I mean, yeah, yeah, know, no, it's like it's yeah. To me, it's it's it changed it, but it doesn't make it better. No, exactly. No, no. In the same way that we learned that Harry wanted to call. Yes, yes. And Aubrey would let, let him. him. Right, right. And right. so, yes, I would. I would. Hope that <laughs> uh, that in this the time that passes after we finish this part of the story, we see yeah. that she comes to a sense of peace about it and, and does not yes. take it on. Yes, in the way that clearly Aubrey has taken crap on. Yes, yes, and it has internalized and yes. then comes out as garbage behavior. Right, right. Um, so I I would hope that they're after they're. Because they do have to. There's the release at the end because they're both finally emotional together, and yes. they, we hadn't seen that before. Right. And that felt real and like something that we had been building toward needed to happen. I hope in the aftermath of that, then they can move forward. Although I was poor neighbor lady Helen who brings her the dress, and then she's out in the in the <laughs> yeah. mud and the rain. Like, oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your one dress. Yeah. You know, it's also it's it's. Um, we don't. This is also a movie about the about sort of uh, grief and about returning home for for someone's death. We never see the funeral. We see the prep mm-hmm. for the funeral. We see we see flowers. We see flowers. We see the dresses. We see all all of the stuff. But we don't actually. You know. You don't. It, it, the movie avoids the cliches of coming home for the funeral movies mm-hmm. uh, in ways that maybe only I know because I watch a lot of those movies or uh, but but it doesn't doesn't sort of hit the stations of the cross in that way in ways that feel more again more real and and more true in in some way um, yeah Aubrey's a tough these are tough characters these are and in all in all aspects in you know in every in every meaning of that mm-hmm. of that phrase I think can I tell you about the other time that I loved Clover so much? Yes, tell me. Was and I forget when in the cow process it was. I think it's post shooting the cow, uh-huh. but I'm not sure. She has to shoot a cow. She has to shoot a calf. She delivers a calf. And then shoots it. And then has to kill it. It just beautifully handled visually. And I and I and what I will say is I'm sure Tobin is right about that. I did just skip ahead two minutes. <laughs> oh no. Um but she calls for uh, Harry's friend James, who's been helping at the farm, and and explains to her that the you know the flood ruined everything and they're broke and they haven't paid anyone in a long time. Um, and she's has a torch and she's walking into the house asking James questions instead mm-hmm. of come. But she's tricking him mm-hmm. into telling her why there's gasoline in the house because Aubrey won't. I don't know if he sincerely didn't know yeah, or he's it, just not right. He's not available for that conversation. Right. And um, but instead of because she's tried to ask questions and no one will take her seriously yeah, and don't yeah, answer yeah. a question. Yeah. So I love that she's like, OK, I'm going to bring the fire into the house. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And we will sort this out. But that's like, oh, no, no fire around the gasoline, but not to be able to say that. But so that then does lead to um, the unraveling of some of the specifics of that of the night of the party. Right. Because mm-hmm, the. Mm-hmm. 
Harry died at a party um, they had to celebrate him inheriting the farm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, you know, and we see images of that or the first images we see Mm -hmm. um, in the whole thing uh, that it was wild and like very wild, wild, like naked wild. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk to Hope about that, too. (laughs) But um, we James, the Harry's best friend, you know, finally lays out this the story of what happened but i i feel like clover laid a a nice little trap mm-hmm. for him to get there so that was the other moment that i thought she was great and then just one more i mean they're all great performances but that james performance especially in that scene mm-hmm. was was so nice yeah. and there was i love the way that that was that it was lit by the torch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it it i think it added to the intensity but then also it was strangely one of the warmest mm-hmm. right right because of the that light and 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 clover was emotional and james was emotional but it was so it it felt different and and like oh here's the you know the truth which i'm putting in quotes tobin can see i see air quotes yeah yeah um because you know there's like tobin said that we're not necessarily ever going to know exactly what what the motivations are and what happened and that but um but at least james version of it uh and i thought that was a, a a fantastic scene just top to bots. How hard do you think it must have been to make this movie with all that mud? You've been on shoots. Can you imagine all this mud with all this equipment and all this? I can't. I would only, I guess I assume that there were more people around than on yes, true, shoots that I've true. been on. Yes. I mean, not, we, I mean, we have a crowd, but like. Yeah. Uh, and that maybe because there many of them are from there. Mm-hmm. It would be used to it in the mm-hmm. way that we were used to rattlesnake territory mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Eastern, Eastern Montana. Montana. Yep, yep. But that's a that's a good question. Yeah, it was very. And then and then the cows. I just. I mean, I don't want to waste all the cow talk right now without hope here. <laughs> yeah. But wrangling large animals. Yeah, yeah. And the dog who was amazing. Yeah, great dog. Very British dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just quintessential. God, there was something that just was in the... Uh, oh, yes, I remember now. Uh, back to what you were saying about the gender dynamics in the movie. Um, the, it's. I would be curious to hear Hope's thoughts, but I also want to ask you... Uh, um, to, uh, it felt to me like the... Um, hmm, I don't know how... I don't know exactly how to say this. This isn't a movie that presents itself as about a woman coming into this man's quote-unquote world in some way like how do i say this um this doesn't feel like a movie that's wearing that out on its sleeve but it's all it infuses every scene that it's in like it feels like uh it is it's like between text and subtext does that make sense like it's 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 in every moment in the thing it is in every moment they don't she doesn't she never brings it up he he never brings it up it's not no one says because I'm a woman you didn't let me do these things right and yet that's so clearly it the reason right I mean yes it's canny that way is what I'm saying or no you disagree yes no I'm I'm just smiling at Tobin um (laughs) yes I agree I can't always see you smile I agree yeah and I think what it's showing what it beautifully shows to you yeah is that that is very much the reality right so for me, immediately, right, it, it was right, right. 
she's in a car with an older man who tells right. her this thing, and then she's like, it's just, it's she's surrounded by these dudes right. who know this work very well, but right. she does too. Right. Um, and the only woman we see is the neighbor lady mm-hmm. who helps her with and wants her to look at the right. flowers, it's flowers and, and dresses, dresses yep. and yep. the food mm-hmm. and cleaning up mm-hmm. and no, you're right. and doing all that care work. You're right. And so, yes, you are right. But I I don't interpret that as it's not wearing it on its sleeve. It's not something... I guess it's the phrasing. I don't... Yeah. It's not... It is the sleeve. It's not... It, yeah. That is 100% how the world works. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, I see... I see. Well, I'm, I, I guess what I'm saying is that my experience as a man watching this movie is that takes me longer to see that because of my privilege yes privilege and my experience and my and that there are these are things that I um, am you know in the process of ongoing trying to train myself to see in these ways that because of my lived experience aren't immediately apparent to me and so because this is part of gets to why we do this why I'm interested in doing this whole podcast with you, not just because you're really fun. Thanks. And we get to talk about movies together. Mm-hmm. But also because it's, it's, um, an, uh, it, um, I, I'm, I want to recognize these things sooner. That's fantastic. And I, and I think this Hope's, um, contribution here is, is a great opportunity for that listening that's, and, and observing that's, that's important. I think you're right. It could have been, and no offense to this network, if they're interested in, in working with us in the future, a Hallmark movie uh-huh. about, um, you know, a a British woman who's taking on the, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it could yeah, have yeah, been yeah. it yeah. could have been framed that yes, way. Yes, yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. And right. those stories need to be told as well. Right. But this goes back to just being so true, cr- true, and mm-hmm. grounded in mm-hmm. in the reality of, um, yeah. I don't think if you talked to Clove or Aubrey, they would say anything mm-hmm. because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, I guess just, you know, as a, as a vaguely intelligent vegetarian woman, Mm -hmm. I felt very, I I understood the struggle. Yeah, yeah, no, no, totally. I, I, you know what the movie that's reminding me a little bit of then that way is, um, Silence of the Lambs, Mm. which every scene when we haven't talked about that movie yet, we're going to, uh, someday, but every scene in that movie, she's surrounded by, and very often he, he puts her, um, puts Clarice Starling with these very tall, men in these black suits this is a great shot in the elevator where she's in her trainee uniform and she mm-hmm. looks just shrimpy and all the and she's always in this room these rooms with these men and it very rarely in the movie is that um uh literally commented on by people in the scene although it is sometimes but it's always there mm-hmm. it's in the it's in the sort of um, the way it's shot, the way that they're staged, the way that they're that they move through space, the way that the the um, the way they're costumed, like any every every ass, it sort of suffuses the whole thing. Yes, go ahead. Aslan raised her hand. But I want you to finish. No, no, I'm not. That's okay. Fine. Um, sorry. While you were, uh, I, I think that's a similar. I like that parallel. Yeah. But while you were thinking that, yeah. I realized something very important. Oh wow! Tell me. The universe has come full circle because I think. Yeah. The leveling yeah. is the exact opposite of she's the man. Ooh, okay. Loop this circle for us. One is campy and bright. Yep. And has wants to tell us it is about gender. 
uh-huh. and wants to that that's you know and then our mom just walked in. Hi mom. <laughs> she does she wants her phone. She doesn't want to say anything. I don't see I don't, I don't see don't her phone. Your phone. I see my phone. Where the leveling is about gender in many ways or as you know you mm-hmm. like you say it's infused in every aspect of this story mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some way. It's not discussed. It's mm-hmm. between those layers of text and subtext where mm-hmm. the other one is Slapping yeah, yeah, you yeah. in the face. Right, right. With, Here's my text. Slap, slap, yes, slap. Yes, yeah. with, with binding implements. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you then just, you know, I mean, is is Channing the anti-Clover? I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think the leveling is the anti-she's the man or the opposite. <laughs> and I appreciate them both very much, but that just... I love they're it. They're just opposites. And I wonder how often we're going to be able to do that. I was going to say, we may have to... F- finish the, the the whole podcast now because you've just that's the unified theory of uh yes. <laughs> of the contenders here <laughs> these two these two polls yeah that's good i'm impressed that's the closest to a game we're gonna get here folks because yeah. we're saving the game portion for our guest hope dixon leach yay so hope can now prepare yes <laughs> she, she doesn't know this yet there's a game coming for you and i hope and i hope she's not offended by loving leveling being the anti She's the man. Yeah, the opposite ends of the the, the mirror. The doppelganger. Uh, The doppelganger, yes, yes, yes. No, I think that would be fair. Uh, So speaking of, now's the time in the podcast where we talk about whether the films that we see are progressive or regressive. Is this movie a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Eyes on what say you? Well. There's a lot of suspense here. Let's try it again. Of course, this is a step forward. I think as we just were saying, you know, it could have been a when we're talking about the the um, gender play in it, it could have been on the nose about those things. But it was it was about grief and it was about family and it was about loss and it was about self. And of course, gender is all the way mm-hmm. through that. And it didn't have to tell us that some stories should tell us that. And I'm not saying you know, they're less than for that. But in this one, I think it was, um, it just flowed through it like, like a rabbit through water. <laughs> and well done. I love, I, I mean, I, and I, I love hope. I, um, was settling in. I'll be super honest in the first 10 seconds of this movie. So I knew she had directed it, but I had forgotten apologies. Hope that she had written it too until the end credits. Mm. And so then I was just like, well, fuck, like (laughs) we all have to go find other jobs now (laughs) because hope is here and hope has delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Tobin. I I agree completely. This is a a big step forward, and I can't wait to see what Hope does next and to see her sort of tackle other stories and get more resources to make bigger stories, as big stories as she wants to tell. And um, I think that um, also the that, as we've talked about, that central performance, Ellie Kendrick is so, so, so good in this movie. And um, I hope she finds other roles that are as tofu-y as uh, this one is and and gets to, the, the hope that this leads to, to other things for her as well. And uh, maybe they'll work together again sometime. Uh, and if there's cows involved, you could always invite Island. And you've got Island if you need the cows. Island, what are we going to uh, what are we going to uh, talk about next? That We're- is an excellent question. Um, next up in uh, two weeks, we will talk about Laggies on July twenty fourth. That episode will drop. Um, that's a Lynn Shelton starring 
that woman whose name I can't remember? Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. And um and I'm gonna stop talking now. Okay. <laughs> I love this though. But I yeah, but I just I love Lynn Shelton, so I'm excited to talk about that movie. We, I think we'll we'll see. I don't know that it's clear. I've never seen it. This is this will be my first Excellent. my first time. Excellent. Yeah. I, I like Lynn Shelton uh, as well, though, but this is not one I've ever seen. This felt like maybe more mainstreamy, maybe because Kieran Knightley was in it, or sort of. And that guy, the guy who dances. Guy who dances. Um. Uh, Moon. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell oh, is in it. Fun. Who I have a weird crush on. We can talk about that. Oh, good. This will be. This will be fun. This will be fun. And somewhere in the next few weeks, we'll have our interview with Hope. And uh, that that will come as well. I'm not sure we're not sure exactly what day that's going to come out, but watch for that. It will be a bonus episode, not one of our regularly scheduled uh, episodes. So it'll drop sort of as a surprise. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and you can keep an eye out for that by following us on our various social media. Th- although I've been taking a break, I, I don't know if you've noticed that. I did. You announced it. Well, I felt like I had to because there, there are people on Twitter, people who enjoy our show, who like to interact, and whose shows I enjoy that I interact with. So I felt like I had to let people know. We're on vacation, people. Yeah, that, that, that was part of it. And I'm just uh, negligent. <laughs> Tobin, Tobin's on vacation, and I don't care. But, uh, Tobin, where can they find you for to anticipate your uh, return? My, 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 my triumphant return. They can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington. Eisen, where can they find you? You can find me at SassyNerdMT on Twitter. You can find um, bios about the both of us mm-hmm. uh, at cageclub.me. Yeah, and some great artwork, too. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. artwork. Yeah. Um, you can find us at facebook.com slash thecontenderspod or on Twitter at contenders underscore pod. Come say hi. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows, including... Too Fast, Too Forever, in which we will be guests on the first... Second lap. First episode of the second lap. Yeah. I was trying to get episode and lap. Okay, sorry. We're very excited. Love me that fast, that furious. So um, check <laughs> that one out. favorite franchise. My favorite franchise. Check that out. Um, check out all the great shows, um, and you can catch up with them, keep up with them, on Twitter, at Cage Club Pod. If you like our show, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't like our show, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we love to read those comments. They make us feel good. They help us spread the word about the show. And if you leave us a really good one, we might just read it on an upcoming show if we like what we see. Uh, and, yeah, we appreciate you uh, listening to our podcast. I am Tobin Addington. And I'm Isla Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. We really appreciate you. I wrote here watching. You did write watching. We really appreciate you listening to us yammer on about these movies. I am Tobin Addington. And I'm Eisen Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Because anyway, I wanted to say we're about to be on the oh yeah too, yeah too fast too forever yeah is that what it's called yeah so where should where should we do that should um we go- all the great shows oh yeah yeah okay okay yeah, yeah. yeah. so do you want to.